Hi, my name is Mikkel Snyder. My PSN is Chimeric Notion. My clanmates call me Chem, and we'll be taking things a little bit more slowly between now and the eventual Destiny 2 release, but that doesn't mean we won't be talking still. Um, there's still so much we can talk about, and so much I want to talk about. This is a podcast about light. Destiny 2 beta has been closed for more than 48 hours now. My interest in playing Destiny 1 is in this weird quantum state. On one hand, I want to play Destiny. I want to do something epic to close out my career. As of now, it would just be, well, I played the story mission playlist with one of my best friends after a couple months of not talking to him, and we just sort of caught up on life while running through missions on Earth and the Moon. Which, honestly, isn't a bad way to go out. And on the other hand, honestly, that isn't such a bad way to go out, right? There's not much reason to go back into Destiny 1 with Destiny 2 literally right around the corner. It's something like 42 days. It's ridiculous. I took a couple minutes to rip some of my video highlights from the Destiny 2 beta from my Twitter and uploaded them to Instagram during my lunch break. It was six clips of me total. Four of them were me uh, fawning over the new Sentinel Shield. One of them was a really foolish play with an SMG that I was really happy with at the time. And there was a nice magnetic grenade that run the round. And then there was an honorable mention of me using the terminal velocity perk with the Fist of Havoc in the Inverted Spire Strike. And I tagged each of these Destiny, the game, you know, with a hashtag in front. And the other hashtag was Joan versus the world. Joan being stylized in a particular way, so that way actually stood for the Jacks of All Maids, which, as we went through last episode, my clan, my very strange internet friends, my very strange friends, um, and that hashtag, Joan versus the world, is gonna be part of our clan description. And that hashtag got me thinking about a couple different aspects of the clan dynamic that I didn't really touch on when we talked about the history of the Jacks of All Maids. And one particular aspect stood out, and it's something that I haven't been able to stop thinking about in 2017, and because it keeps coming up in varying capacities. That is leadership. One of the more fun observations I've gotten to make about myself as I have delved back into my gaming history is that I have a tendency to position myself in frontman roles. If left unchecked, I do have a pension to start leading the group. Uh, for better or for worse, and this comes from two particular perspectives. One, I tend to know more about the game, and two, I will always adapt to the roles my environment tells me it needs. I have no claim to of mastery to anything, really. 
I just have an approximate knowledge of many, many things, which means in lieu of an actual expert, my expertise works wonders in a lot of weird situations. I know how to keep spirits up, I know how to call shots, but I also recognize that in pre-established social dynamics, someone else probably has more authority, in which case I reorient to become a very good second, because that, that's what tends to happen. But in forming social dynamics, in, in blooming ones, in a malleable setting, there are unknown variables and other whatnots. And more often than not, I find myself wanting to galvanize folks. And I used to be surprised by this constantly up until a few years ago when I started to resign myself to this inevitable leadership trope, both in gaming and my life. In Destiny, the fire team lead is the person who all of the players join up on and who starts up the activity in the director. It is largely a game mechanic. Someone needs to be driving the ships. Someone needs to be the central tether. But even if it is just a software kirk, it does speak to group dynamics. The trope that I will always use when talking about trios is the id, ego, and superego, which are also very outdated psychological terms, but I think for the group dynamic, they are good starting points to, to discuss these things. The id is the type of player who just wants to brute force things. They want to get things done in, in very basic manners without much thought into it. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have the superego, which is the tactical brain who plays things safe and carefully and deliberately. And then the third member in this is the ego, and it's the mediator between the two to keep a sort of balance. In this small dynamic, there isn't really a set lead, but it is interesting to note that the ego will shift to supporting the id, or superego depending on the exact situation. If the ego thinks or overthinking something, it will cede uh, priority to the id. If they think something's a wire, they will side with the superego. There's a relative strength here, too. So, someone might be a superego in one group, but the ego in other. A typical ego could shift to an id if there was already a balancing agent in place and the superego is particularly super. Uh, Six-man social dynamics play out in analogous ways, but they have different names from the tropes, and I'm getting most of these from TV tropes. Fantastic sight. Very much a time sick. But the, the six archetypical characters in that are the leader, the Lancer, the smart guy, the big guy, the support, and the odd man. And again, to be fair, not every group will comply to these classic tropes, but the archetypes give us something to look at and analyze. You have the leader who guides all of the people, the Lancer challenging the leader to make sure that the correct decisions are being enforced. The smart guy and big guy offer the super ego and id respectively. The support moderates all of the interactions that happen, and the odd man helps supplement roles as needed within the particular group. And sometimes the leader role is just a matter of someone handling the countdown of something. 
but sometimes it's the quarterback. <laughs> I don't sports well, but I do know that they coordinate multiple parties, facilitate communication, and more often than not, having six people talk is more confusing than helpful. And having someone manage that is nice. And having someone manage that who knows the strengths and weaknesses of all of their teammates is even better. And being able to develop coverage, being able to fill in weak spots for the team is everything. With the Jacks of All Nades, I rose to leadership not because I had the most playtime, but because I had the most consistent playtime. I played every day, and I played with everyone. I had a lot of free energy between 2015 and 2016, and honestly, I still do have a lot of free energy, and I'm trying to find outlets to use all of this, including a podcast without light right here on anchor.fm slash chimericnotion. Tell your friends. Um, bad plugin. I bet. Um, but I always try to invest things that give me joy, and Destiny has given me and my friends joy, and it's given me some friends too. And there was also the fact that I had another group to play with. So I just had a lot of time invested in this game with two different social groups, and it, it had me invested and I just was in the world a lot more often, a lot more frequently, and at a like intensity that did not burn me out. I read a lot about this game on Reddit and various news sites, and my memory worked in such a way that I just kept a lot of the stuff for no real apparent reason. I just have retained a lot of like weird trivia and game sense, and it probably has something to do with interest to to something to do with the tropes involved with all of this stuff. It, it doesn't really matter exactly. Memory is weird if my grad school program has taught me anything. But within groups, I tend to flux between all of the different poles that exist. As I mentioned, I try to fit the needs of the group that I'm coming into. And that flexibility has meant in the Jacks of All Nades, they trust me to call the shots when the cards are down. To cop an expression that I've become increasingly fond of, I've been calling audibles. I've been reading rooms and control points and instructed to flip the spawns. I made it very clear when we are learning that we do not wipe. I've done Relic, Holder, and Oracle Slayer. I've been Bodyguard, Bubber, and Swordbearer. I've ran Brand, DPS, Gaze, Relic, and Center Bubble. I have thrown bombs and run cannons. I've tried to be the counter tilt in both the raid activities, where all of those vocabulary words come into play in some way, and in PvP activities, where I'm a decent shot and my friends are still trying to get better. I try to be what my group needs me to be, and oftentimes it is the stuff that I'm good at naturally. It is excitable. It is geeky, it is a titan main unapologetically, and it's not always enough to carry us to victory, but it's enough to make them want a second chance at glory, and that's something worth, worth noting.
It's interesting thinking about the leadership roles I've taken in online communities because in many ways it's indicative of my roles in actual real world meat space environments. Um, I fill roles that are missing. I provide coverage. At my current job, this means switching between different specializations at whims. For the freelance work that I do, it means being able to react to things on the fly after all my planning seems to fall apart at the seams. Um, hell, the only time my vengeance have gotten me in trouble uh, was during my stint in Madison, Wisconsin, where coverage meant literally stretching my time, my mind, and my sanity trying to do everything. And honestly, it took a year away from that environment and the Game of Destiny to realize that the reason I was struggling so much was because I didn't feel like I had support. I didn't feel like I could trust the folks in my team to do certain things. In order to lead and in order to follow, you need to have trust of the people that you work with. It's taken a while for me to realize that I have plenty of management experience. It's just never been with folks who report to me. It's been with folks who I work alongside. It's been through coordination and interfacing. It's been through collaboration and iteration. It's been incidental at work and very deliberate at in Destiny. I'm good at systemic thought. I'm good at rapid prototyping. I'm great when things are going well, and I am better when I have someone to pick up the slack and bounce ideas off of, and gives me a moment to breathe. In Destiny, my second-in-command is Sun, because he is the perfect counterbalance to my very, very, uh, methodological method, because he too is methodological, that is a tough word for me to say. Um, but he is in a much more relaxed setting than I am, where I am a bit more serious, and he helps bring me back. He helps remind me that, like, we are here to have fun, and if we're here together, it's gonna be, it's gonna be good. And if I didn't have plenty of more applicable experience on my resume already, there is a part of me that knows that I would try to be fitting Destiny leadership onto that resume. But thankfully, I've already gotten my five strengths vetted by an actual employer and plenty of historic evidence that I can now point to. The Gallup Strength Finder is a test that has about 26 different attributes that it measures your aptitude for. Um, and for the standard results, you will get your top five strengths listed based on the results of this test. Uh, the five that I received a couple years ago um, were input, responsibility, individualization, connectedness, and learner. In order, this means respectively, I have a craving to know more, I take psychological ownership of what I'll say I'll do, I have a gift for figuring out how different people can work together productively. I believe that there are a few coincidences and everything happens for a reason. And I have a great desire to learn and continuously improve. If you have the means, or a manager that is willing to listen, I do recommend the tests. 
It's interesting because it puts your skills in context. It puts my leadership in context. My methodology that I've been describing throughout this episode is about getting people to better each other, to challenge and grow and persist. And I do this through information. I do this through the grind. I do this because I care. And when the clan calls me their leader, it's because I've spent years in the background helping to improve through this incremental step. To quote Futurama and what will be my next tattoo, if you do things right, people won't be sure you did anything at all. And maybe I haven't done things entirely right then, but the group has recognized that I put forth the energy and I I connect everyone and I let cool shit happen sometimes when we all get into the same room and buckle down. I'm not a flashy leader. I'm I'm a backbone though. I try to give people the chance to shine and the means to do so. Give them space, give them a stage, and let the magic happen naturally. And this ties back to my next next tattoo, which will likely be the Sentinel Titan's second shield icon with the text Valiant Heart Unwavering Resolve. But I need to wait until release, and then at least another month before I commit to that. Um, but it's something that I think a lot about. The fact that like they called the Sentinel the Vanguard, the one who busts down the door and starts everything. It's very much indicative and representative of what I've tried to be in the Destiny community for my friends. Anyways, listeners, we're probably going to be reducing the number of scripted content we generate over the next 40-odd days. Uh, We'll definitely try to do an episode every couple of days because the hype train is still a real thing. But without the promise of actual workable news that wouldn't just be me recapping things needlessly, and a low chance of Destiny 1 shenanigans happening, I just naturally have less material to cover. That said, I do have some special episodes in mind leading up to the Destiny 2 release, and once September hits, we're gonna spend the first five days preparing for Destiny 2 together, and then spend the next five days of their release cycle slowly chronicling everything that's happening in the Destiny 2 universe and how my titan's progressing and I will be sure to record my first exotic which I'm now convinced will be a pair of boots. I'm okay with that. Um, But thank you for sticking around and listening through the strange connections that we draw between Destiny and our lives. nice to be able to think about this in in different capacities than the usual recap so i hope this could brighten your day guardian